0: Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to transform your life and your business. Here is your host, Rick Hyland, and this is CI for Life.
1: Welcome to another Continuous Improvement for Life podcast. I'm Rick Highland. I'm here with my very special guest, Marcy Axelrod. Marcy, how are you?
0: Terrific, Rick, and thank you so much for having me on your show. You always give such valuable insights to everybody.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I'm excited to hear about your book, Showing Up, and and, uh, why don't you give the listeners a little bit about your background before we jump in and talk about Showing Up?
0: Absolutely. So I started on Wall Street um, a couple years at Lehman Brothers under the famous Dick Fold, and that was an amazing a uh, training ground for anyone who wants to work 80 hours a week and um be told that you're meaningless from there <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> right well i was i was actually very successful there because you know reading the research that was put out really just left me with more questions so what i started to do is call the executives myself with the questions that i thought were most important And when you call with a brand name like Lehman Brothers behind you, uh, you get the executives on the phone. So I started to write my own research and little did I know my own notes were passed around the firm. So there I was, 23 years old, 24, getting promoted um, into roles where I I have my MBA. So yeah, it was a very interesting experience to be successful, um, you know, beyond I think years and perhaps even emotional intelligence to handle that. Yeah. <laughs> so I switched coast to Silicon Valley, got an MBA, became a strategy management consultant, was with KPMG consulting. So that's where showing up was born.
1: I'm fascinated about your, you know, you've got the corporate experience at Lehman and then KPMG on technology. Um mm-hmm. did it was a born out of successes that you found or kind of learnings and failures? Where where was it kind of born out of?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting question. It's not so binary. Uh, luckily, there were no yeah. big failures to talk about because it was strategy work. And with strategy work, you're you're constantly sensing the marketplace and sensing what the executives need, sensing what the employees need. So there was a lot of survey work and interviewing that was endlessly going on. And when the CEO of a firm like HP tells all you know, 50,000 people in the group that you're working with to respond to your questions and surveys, they do. So I ended up with a massive database of um, how employees do well, what gets in their way what they feel needs to be done what they feel the customers need what the customers themselves feel, feel they need and then you you get to put it all together and when you do that for a dozen years straight and you see the themes it becomes pretty clear what people need so mm. that was really the birth of it so it wasn't so much a success or or failure at the beginning but then I tested Over the last 20 years, the framework that evolved out of that, and that is what is in the book, and that is the definition of truly showing up.
1: Mm, That's wonderful. So what do you see as the benefits of at work or home, wherever we might be, of showing up well? Why is this so important?
0: Yeah, right. And first, we should level set on what showing up means. Okay. That's all right. I mean, Rick, let's just ask you, when you hear showing up, what does it mean to you?
1: Uh, It means kind of showing up wherever you are, whether it be at home, at work, with intentionality and power and purpose and uh, coming, bringing your best self, I guess, is how I would define it.
0: Right. Intentionality, power, purpose. Love it. Your best self, right? Notice how the definition doesn't help you at all get there.
1: (laughs) Yes. The how is always the secret. <laughs>
0: the how is the secret. One other thing I'm going to mention, I mean, let's let's face it, the phrase, we've all used the phrase, there's no definition. When you use the phrase, you know, you fall into that trap. There's there's this study from the University of Texas that shows that when you speak to someone who you don't really know, 75% of the time, if you ask them what you just said, they they get it relatively substantially wrong. And showing up is a great example, because you mean doing your best. For someone else, it means getting off the couch, or it means being in person, or Mm -hmm. it it means something very different. Um, Just sticking with that study for a minute, with people you know, like your colleagues at work, over 65% of the time, if you ask them what you just said, they still get it wrong. With someone in your family, maybe someone even you grew up with, a spouse, or maybe your, your partner. They're still up to 50% likely to misperceive what we're saying in a significant way. Mm. So let's just ground ourselves. How am I using showing up for this, for the research and for this um, podcast? Um, first, recognize we don't show up just as a self, we're in three roles. And this is evolutionarily designed. So it's irrefutable. You're an, indiv- you're an individual self, yes, but we're in situations. So we're a member of a situation at all moments. Those are the vessels of our lived experience. They are where we make contact with others, with the real world, with the things we buy, with all the decisions we make, right? Yeah. And then the third role, Any any idea, Rick, about the third role?
1: No, you've got me on the edge of my seat.
0: Well, just look out your window. There's something larger than us. We're a Uh, member of call it society, self situation society. Okay. One of the big mistakes that we make, right, in not understanding what showing up really is, is that our self role dominates. We have a mirror that reflects back to us. It's about us, Mm -hmm. and I'll tell you why. This is part of where the neuroscience comes in. All of my work is really steeped in neuroscience, evolutionary bi- biology, all sorts of kind of very hard fact-based um, uh, things. So when we're just moving through our day the way that we typically do, it's based in time, it's fast-paced, we're moving from one thing to the next, we don't often stop and reset effectively. Yeah. So our left hemisphere takes over. And let me explain this, because this is a really big deal okay. regarding showing up. We can only show up with one type of attention at a given time, but we have two. I mean, Rick, have you ever asked your, yourself, why is our brain in two parts? Yeah. So every mammal out there has two parts of their brain. Why? Because there's two parts of, there, there's two types of attention that we need to pay. Okay. What we need to do and what we've always needed to do are two things we need to feed ourselves. And we need to not be someone else's dinner at the same time. So think about when we lived out in the Savannah. Let's say there's a berry on the bush. You need to focus in, notice that berry, exclude everything else, make a decision immediately. Is it gonna kill me or is it gonna nourish me? So is it poisonous, right? You need to be irrefutably right. And then you need to manipulate your hand you need to grab the berry and eat it. You need to grab and get something. That's the left hemisphere. But while you're doing that, if there's a tiger over there, some some part of you needs to be surveilling the rest of society, the rest of the world. What else is going on? Am I about to be in danger? So that's the right side. Now, that's the side that connects to people. That's the side, Rick, that's letting you hear the tone of my voice, the intensity, maybe the care that I'm putting out there. This is the type that lets people understand the true conversation beneath the words.
1: Mm.
0: You with me with how powerful Uh, that is?
1: I I have an example, I think, and you tell me if it fits into this University of Texas study and what you're talking about here. My friend Roger that I used to work with, and he listens to these podcasts, so Roger, tip off to you. One of his amazing super skills, Marcy, was we would sit to be sitting down with a client and listening mm-hmm. for five to 10 minutes about them describing their particular problems or issues or things that they needed to improve on. And he had this incredible ability, like better than anybody I've ever seen, to then restate what he heard them say with intention and not just necessarily rephrase, but say it even better than they did where they're nodding their heads and saying, that's exactly what we need to, or our problem and what we need to do. But so maybe he had that right side of the brain. So effectively dialed in to be able to, I mean, that was his super skill and people just appreciate it tremendously.
0: Yeah. Can you say leadership? This is yeah. your friend, Richard. Leadership. Can you say retention? Can you say lower customer churn? Right. right. Can you? <laughs> right. Uh, all right. This is amazing and it's contagious. So I'm going to yes. get into the contagion of that in just a minute. First, I want to bring up Dr. Dan Siegel. He is the creator of a field called, ready Ready for this, it's called interpersonal neurobiology. <laughs> okay. And what your friend did help is in, 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 in Dr. Dan's phrasing is he helps people to feel felt.
1: Yes. Love it.
0: Yes. Is this resonating? And what happens when you feel felt?
1: Yeah. It's you're, you're connected. You're, you'll, you're more ready to, you've got a relationship. You're more ready to listen and follow. It just helps the whole relationship that you're trying to form.
0: Right. And when there is a project that maybe needs that little extra thing, or maybe something comes up on on a Sunday, that's the person you're going to step up for. Yeah. So there's an example. A friend of mine is an executive at Airbnb. I'll just mention the name of the company because what I'm about to say is so incredibly um, supportive. She said, Marcy, I've had people dial in to team calls from the customs line when they were flying home from vacation. Mm -hmm. This is before they're back on the clock. They want, they don't want to, there's a dedication there. So there's a a very specific part of showing up that this talks to, okay? Let me get back to the self role, the situation member role and the societal role. Each of these roles, as you can imagine, there's a skill, right? How do you be good at each role? Grounding in yourself. So that's the first skill. Grounding in yourself. That's knowing who you are and why. Ready for your situations. Readiness is a big deal that we can talk about. But that feeling felt thing where you really show up for others, this is your societal role. And the skill, there's a specific word I've put on it it's not connectedness cuz that's a bit um hackneyed right the word is all intelligent to be all intelligent in our in our societal role what it means is that you are truly showing up with care and connectedness that's symbiotic and it's reciprocal
1: mm because right?
0: when your friend is really is repeating back things in a way that make people feel good, like do you, do you sense that there's a there's a reciprocity being created
1: mm-hmm. absolutely. love it So we,
0: we've gotten into showing up three skills, three roles and then there's one other dimension but I'm gonna I'm gonna let you ask me questions and, and yeah basically.
1: before we break down some of the components again, let, let me just ask you this question what stops us from showing up well?
0: so important so yeah. important the research across 20 years has shown you know two or three really really basic things okay the first is that so so the attention that we pay whether it's left hemisphere grab and get focused which by the way treats others as objects
1: yeah unfortunately
0: you separate yourself and then you're just trying to have power over someone mm-hmm. or whether your attention is in the right hemisphere which is that caring symbiotic intelligent m- mode of showing up what what chooses one or the other are really basic things like how quickly am I really moving through my day do I feel an urgency um have I reset my nervous si- system it's it starts in our body like it's an embodied sense for anyone who meditates or does yoga or journals they know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So, I, can yeah. I just ask you a question on that? Cause I, this is a field I'm very interested in. And as I mentioned to you off air, one of the, you know, my vision and mission right now with executives is to help them meet their goals in less time and less stress. And so this ties completely into the time and stress one that you're talking about. And one of the fascinating items, Marcy is, is we don't, um, Evan Cooperman, who's a CEO in Toronto, um, who also listens to these podcasts, uh, You know, he's saying, Rick, what do you do? We talk about leading and lagging indicators to track, to improve and all that for personal development, self-care. And one of the things we started tracking is um, when we notice that our emotional system is offset. And that's mm-hmm. a tricky one. And we're still experimenting with that. But how then do I reset my nervous system? Because it could happen with a tough conversation with an employee a bad email from a customer. I mean, lots of things in a day can you could start the day out amazing and then all of a sudden you get an upset inside. Right. How do you how do you reset? Can you talk to me about that? Or were you going to go there anywhere, anyway?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to go there anyway. And I'll also give you a measurement system for okay. it, which is a very simple continuum. So what you're talking about is where where the rubber hits the road, no doubt about it. Because when you're in that left brain system, you don't notice it, right? This is when you are, you know, distracted from your breath, like just to use meditation as yeah. a metaphor a yeah. here. When you're in that distracted mode, you don't notice it. Yeah. So the only way to reset when you're when you're kind of gone from this d- degree of uh showing up that we seek is to have something prompt you to kind of like trigger you to take note. And really what we're going for here is a dual awareness. And this is where you're both in the moment mm. but you're also kind of above it looking down. You have the ability to to note how you are showing up while you are also showing up in in the moment. Now, to get to, so doing that takes pr- practice, and things like meditation really help. But if you're not a meditator, what you want is an external cue, and the external cue I've been told, Marcy, I have pasted your continuum on the back of my phone, or Marcy, I put um, um, updates in my ca- my my calendar at you know 10 a.m., at 12 noon, at at 2 p.m that asked me, how am I choosing to show up? Uh You can have certain prompts. Like when I get in the car and I'm on my way um, to meet someone or to an event, somehow my car for me acts as this prompt. How am I choosing to show up? And then I go through my self role, my situational readiness and my societal all, all intelligence. And I look at each skill. How am I applying each? I also start to think about the other people One of the questions my survey asks is, how often do you think about how you want someone to feel in your presence? Mm. Only 27% of people say that they think about that question at all. So over over 70% of people never think, how do I want someone to feel in my my presence? So these are key show-up questions, and the idea is you have the external prompt. I can give I can give you um, one or two other tools as well.
1: Please, yeah. This is a this is a topic that it's hard for executives to uh, really until they get unfortunately a breakdown. Uh, they don't really, you know, you can talk to them about meditation or breath work or right. slowing down and being more aware. But they're going so fast, yeah, that until they have a bit of a breakdown, then they, oh yeah, that's what you were talking. So I love it. So tell me more.
0: Yeah, and and really what we're talking about is that core reset showing up. The the reason that the book is called how we choose to show up and not showing up or the intelligent way of showing up is because choice is the key. But to be in choice, you need to recognize that you can't live in your left hemisphere too often. You have to be able to switch into your right. Otherwise, the music will be on in the background right of everyone being in the room but you won't hear the music and you won't attune to it you won't move with it right this is saying you won't be connected with the people you will be a human doing and they will be objects right and that is not what we want because then they won't feel our care they won't feel our leadership they won't follow us they won't want to go the extra mile anyway so i will give you um one other way of doing it, which which puts us in our bodies, and I've gotten great feedback on this. Um, it's in both of my TED Talks. So we are going to pick up our left hand, and with our right hand, we're going to take two two fingers like a, like a big um, uh, Sharpie marker, and we're going to, on our left palm, we're going to trace a three. We're going to go up and down, and we're going to trace that three slowly up and down until our palm feels it. Now, this is a process of returning our minds to sensing mode. Mm.
1: Our
0: our brains are doing one of three things at a time, but never more than one. We're either focusing attention, we're wandering our attention, or we're sensing our body. And when you sense your body... You are going back into that right brain attention of noticing and of resetting our nervous system. So, you trace your three. Why three? There are three levels of showing up. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: okay. One is barely there. I think you know what I mean. <laughs> the middle level two is just showing up. That's what most of us, 80% of us do, 80% of the time. We just show up, which is much more left brain. That's when you're somewhere, but you're kind of wandering. You're not quite there. You go in and out, and then level three is truly showing up. And this is when our bodies are reset. We can focus our attention. We're truly in that in-between space when we're with someone. We're almost like one one mind and one body. And there there's a there are actually studies of um, interpersonal neuro synchronicity that are seen. If, if you and I look at each other in an MRI right now, our brain waves actually resonate. We becomes one wave. And that's what I'm talking about. That truly being with someone. And that's what they feel like. That's the neuroscience behind what your friend, uh, Richard was doing.
1: Yeah. uh, and, and I don't want to put it on the spot, but is there any other research? Because this is a just a great point though, that people, executives, leaders struggle with is, yeah, I'm so busy. I've got yep. so many meetings, so many emails. Is it really worth, do I, I can just go from meeting to meeting, staying in my left side or going with number two, just showing up. Um, Is there any more research on the benefits of taking the time to reset, to get back to, as you say, the right-hand side of the brain, the caring side, is there, is there studies or research that show the benefits of actually making the practice and the work to do that as, yeah. as it show up for my employees better, differently?
0: It's it's absolutely endless what the research is. Uh, so, I mean, let, let me just give you two, two points on this. The first thing is that... Any company that doesn't have a culture of executives who truly listen to people with caring about the person as the primary thing mm-hmm. is going to have lower growth, lower ter- uh, more ter- turnover, um, less inventiveness um uh, just just the entire everyone's going to pick up an air of kind of getting stuff done over doing what's right and honoring a sense of being human to human yeah okay and the way to get this done since we lose ourselves in the in the rush and pressure yeah. Is to have a practice, either either remind yourself like every hour or before you walk into a meeting, and either just breathe and ask yourself, "How am I choosing to show up?" But mm-hmm. and take some notes. You've got to. You can't just jump off that. You actually have to take out a pencil and paper, jot some things down because that will settle your breath and and body. Or you use the trace of the three, which is an embodied practice that you can do in just a minute and notice your body resetting Mm. notice it that does feel good when you take the time to do that
1: but marcy this is so hard so many so many of us including you and i get under stress and pressure and there's executives trying to meet quarterly deadlines and and uh it's a tough economy right now and all these reasons that um we don't always act in the caring mode we do because of the the stress that we're under. So I acknowledge that this is difficult to do, but as you say, when you can find that moment to reset inside, it feels amazing when you take the time to try it and do it.
0: Right. Yeah. Yes, it does. And you will notice, I mean, people will, the, the entire company will feel like a different place. And things things can transform in terms of efficiency and effectiveness um, in very short order. I mean, over, over months, metrics will start to change.
1: So important, but so hard for executives to find this sweet spot that you're talking about of showing up with caring at the same time all the performance pressures they have. Um, so Marcy, why don't we segue back into the yeah. components or the how that your book talks about uh, yeah. to get to showing up strong and well. Do you want to jump there?
0: Sure, I'd be happy to. Yeah, there are you know four key things that the book suggests. Some are um, tactical in the moment, like you trace your three. You at you just pause and ask yourself, "How am I choosing to show up?" Others are um, things that help you be more grounded overall that that you take from situation to sit situation and those are things like journaling
1: yeah
0: um there are tremendous uh there's tremendous research that show that you're everything from happier to healthier to um, have um more uh, meaningful relationships when you take the time to, um, kind of think through with yourself. How are things going now? What am I working on? What do I really feel? I very much suggest that people write down, you know, pencil and paper, twenty minutes um, every few days. If you want to type it, that's fine. You can even voice dictate into your phone. The idea is that you're you're forcing yourself to reflect. The second thing is meditation. There's a very specific meditation um, called the Wheel of Awareness that I recommend because it doesn't just reconnect us with ourselves. It actually sends our awareness out toward others. We feel our goodwill and thoughtfulness going into others. It can be a specific person or it can be a group of people like a team um, or a community. And then what it does is it bends That goodness that we imbued into into those people, it bends it back so that we feel their goodness coming back into us and filling our bodies. And this is proven to do what's called integrate the brain, where we actually see a density of our gray matter increase.
1: Well, I believe that. Hey, Marcy, where can I find? I listen to the Calm app, C A L M, ten yes. minute meditations. But yes. where can I find the specific one around will wheel of awareness?
0: The wheel of awareness. So you can Google wheel of awareness. It. Yeah. Um, this is the brainchild once again of Dr. Dan Siegel, the fa- the p- creator of interpersonal neurobiology. He has been commissioned by sovereign governments to teach all the leaders at the level of a country, this practice specifically so that they can uh, create a more peaceful world. So this is heavy hitting, scientifically proven stuff, as is every recommendation in the back of my book.
1: Love it. Okay. Any other components to showing up well?
0: Um, So, I mean, the main tactical thing that I would say um, at the beginning of your day, as you wake up, ask yourself today, what is the most important aspect of my day? And how am I going to truly show up for that one thing? And it can be something small. It can be when you greet your spouse. It can be when you see your children. It can be um, a certain meeting that you want to truly show up for. And once again, ask, ask yourself, how can I be grounded in myself? Ready for the situation and then in, interconnected con- in that symbiotic way that I call all intelligent with everyone else.
1: Oh, I love that. So, being more intentional, uh, journalizing during your planning session in the morning and answering yourself those questions What's the most important part of my day? And how am I going to truly show up as I want to? Right? We all want to show up well. Uh, we're just maybe not as intentional or taking the time really to prepare. So it's kind of spiritually preparing it first before it actually happens. Love it.
0: Yes, this is readiness, right? Because yes. when you don't show up the way you want, it does, Rick, it doesn't come back as a redo.
1: No, right? you only have one chance.
0: That's right. It comes back as a as a what now?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, I have to apologize. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love this idea of getting ready and preparing to show up well yeah. in different Interactions that we have at home and work. Marcy, you've given us so much to think about here today. I love, uh, hope everybody will jump, grab that book. Tell people where they can hear more from you or find the book. Uh, share all that, please.
0: Sure. So choose to com. That is the website. Easy to find, choose to show up.com. And you can download part one of the book for free on the website. You can also just contact me. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing this to help the world be a better, happier, healthier place. So contact me. I'd be happy to just send out the, uh, the pre-publication manuscript and the formal book comes out in a couple months. Um, Yeah. And it's gotten great receptivity so far. I should just mention, I mean, my editor is literally, you know, George Bush's former chief speech writer and head of communications from his time in the white house. So yeah, lots of lots of um, powerful people who who put their weight behind this. Mel Robbins just wrote a testimonial that's on the cover of my book. If nice. anyone follows Mel Robbins, on yeah, I your podcast,
1: Mel Robbins, yep. Yeah. So, Marcy, uh, how do they contact you then? Through your website choose to follow up.com or do you want to share? Yeah, okay. choose
0: to show up.com and there's okay. a contact button.
1: Okay. Awesome marcy this has been fascinating this is an area that we don't all do well at but we know we want to and you've given us some tools how to show up with care and attention uh both at work and at home so i really appreciate your time today have a great day
0: you as well rick thank you
1: thank you